0: Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon
1: when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know. Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you were on your way to say.
0: <laughs> um. Have you ever been to Hearth Restaurant in Saskatoon? It's the one that right. It's right by the River Landing downtown. Hearth, yeah, it's like uh, Earth with a H. Exactly, yeah. Is it a coffee shop? No, it's a it's it's a restaurant. So they used to be in the old Crazy Cactus on like oh. the south end where your mom used to Melrose. You know oh, that did area.
1: It, did Crazy Cactus get shut down because of that killing or the stabbing? No, so they were at when
0: crazy cactus was at the old location oh like yeah like on the yeah. south end of town lauren Alv- exactly or yeah yeah so the crazy cactus moved downtown yeah and this hearth went into that old crazy cactus okay and then now hearth it's it's in like the bottom of the reme so you got a fucking
1: big hair hanging off your cheeks <laughs>
0: It's in like the bottom of the Remy, our gallery okay. building, right? Okay. Big but, glass, exactly. face in the river. Yeah, exactly. Like, beautiful what you're about. Yeah. setup, and it's yeah. it's like expensive, like you know, uh, locally sourced, like just like really good shit. Okay. Anyways, I went for lunch there with with this guy, and um, this was on Friday, so I was walking back to my car. You know, you walk kind of by the movie theater there, just yeah, about, like yeah. 19th Street and Second Ave, and um, <clears throat> this random guy walks up to me just some white dude about my age, just dressed normal. And he's like, Hey, can I ask you something? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Of course. (laughs) And he's like, um, do you have like any kind of like neck or shoulder pain right now? And I've been dealing with like a, you know, jacked up neck for like almost three weeks now. And it's still kind of, you know, pretty bad. Today's like the first day
1: it's Feeling quite a bit better, but I know it's still a couple days away, at least. I think like this guy's gonna be like a street bum on acid who sees auras and he can see your auras <laughs> damaged. Close, <laughs> close.
0: I'm like, yeah, actually, I do have neck pain. I was like, well, did you see me walking like funny and like turning my head stiff? Or he's like, no, I just um, like I kind of sense this and like sometimes I heal heal people through like prayer. And I, know, I was I like, here we go. But I was like, you know what? I'm not in a rush. It's Friday, like, I'm, I'm curious, I'm interested, let's see where this goes, so I'm like, okay, he's like, do you mind if I say a prayer and try to heal your neck right now? I was like, let's, let's give it a try, it'd be nice to have a healed neck, for sure, I want to train, you know? So he's like, okay, hey, do you mind if I put my hand, like, on your shoulder and just, like, it's like five ten second prayer. I'm like, Yeah, go ahead. It's a little awkward because it's right on the busy street corner, but right. I'm like, Let's do this. This is life. This guy's taking gay pride man, <laughs> to a whole new level, I'm trying and he's to be like, frisky with you. And he's like, Do you mind if I like videotape this? I'm like, Go ahead, man. And um, so he says a prayer and right away I could tell, okay, this is religious. He's like, and
1: he's saying it all loud. So you can hear the prayer. Okay. He's like in Jesus, Lord
0: Jesus Christ, like, please run the oil of the heavens through his veins and fix his neck and (laughs)
1: the oil through the heavens as he's just masturbating (laughs) next to you, like
0: (laughs) greasing you up. And then he's like, be honest. He's like, like, be honest if it worked, you know? So (laughs) I start, it was like five second prayer. I start moving my head. I'm like, I want to tell him it, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking gone. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it, I still feel it. I'm going to be honest. When I turn my head to the left, I still feel it. I'm like, like it might feel like a little better, but I'm like, I still, I still feel it. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And <clears throat> before you know it, out of nowhere, another guy who's another like 50-year-old guy, like a eight-year-old boy and like a 50 or 60-year-old woman is like standing around us and they must be like with him too. And so they're like there's like these four people in me and they're like listening and they're like, do you mind if we join in the prayer? And like, she's like, do you mind if I touch your shoulder too? We could try it again. Like, okay, (laughs) let's, let's go. (laughs) Most people would be like, look, I I have an appointment. I got to go. But I'm like, today's the day you guys got me at a good time. Let's have, let's party. So they say another prayer. And now I have two people touching me and they're saying this and I'm just standing there just like looking at them and okay. So try now. So I try moving my head. And I'm like, I could still feel it. <laughs> My neck's still sore. I'm like, I kind of feel like warm when you guys are praying. But then as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, well, you guys are touching me. Of course, it's body heat. Right. They ended up doing four different prayers with me. And on the last one, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I still feel this neck pain. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if maybe it's a little better, even though... Objectively, it's probably not better. Right. I'm trying to like pump them up, but I'm like, I still do feel it when I turn to the left. Like, I, and they're like, okay, this and that, and so I we start talking a little bit, and I'm we've talked about this before. I'm always fascinated with people that are just so sure of a religion, and I I kind of admire that people just have this knowing this absolute truth that hey, Jesus is here and he's with us. So we're just talking, and I'm looking them in the eyes, being like, okay, are you? Are you guys crazy people? Are you are you guys onto something that I don't know? I find lots of time if it's like door knockers or people approaching you on the street, they might be extremists. They, they might be a little crazy, right. you know. I think a lot of people that are have true faith and they're very religious, they just kind of keep it to themselves or they you know express it at their church or whatever it is.
1: <clears throat> did the guy? Did they seem like loopy or crazy? These people?
0: They didn't seem crazy, but they're certainly like diehard Christians who like, they ended up giving me a card. Right. You know, like um, almost
1: like Mormons, like going door to door. Like, like they're, they're trying like, to convert me. Yeah. They I
0: want know. me to come to their group. Right. Well, they failed at that attempt. <laughs> but the, the lady, she's like, you know, there's, there's heaven and hell. And she's like, unless you, the only way the bridge to heaven is to believe in Jesus Christ wholeheartedly. And she's like, I had pain in my shoulder or something at one point, And I just heard this voice and it was something to do, like it was legalism. And right when I heard this voice legalism, I knew what it was in my life that I had to do. I, I just knew what that meant. And so I took care of this thing and then all the pain went away and I never had it again. And so she's telling me this. and So it's your fault they didn't fix it because you didn't believe strong enough. <laughs> well, I said, do you need me to pray? Do I need to shut my eyes? They're like, no, you don't do anything. Just us, we do the prayer. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Um, so I told her, I'm like, okay, well, I said, I believe in God. I believe in something bigger than us. So I was like, I pray. I was like, I actually kind of said a little prayer this morning, but I don't have this absolute that I know it, it, it's Jesus Christ. I just, I don't even really know what I'm praying to. It's like some higher power. And um, I said, so what happens if you're like me, you want to have faith. You know, you believe that when you die, there you can't kill this consciousness, but you just, your physical body dies. Do people like me, go to hell then because I haven't had Jesus actually talk to me or I haven't had this absolute knowing that there is Jesus and she kind of talked around it was pretty much like yeah like Jesus is the bridge to heaven and that's the only way to get there is to like know that Jesus is with you I'm like okay and so I asked them I'm like have you all talked to Jesus like you've like physically heard the voice and two of them are like yes and the one guy's like no you just kind of know I'm like okay and I was just I, Just being really open with him, trying not to be ignorant and be like, look, I would like to have this, you know, wholehearted belief that you guys do, but I just have to be honest with myself. Like I haven't heard Jesus's voice. I haven't had an experience that's like, hey Ryan, I'm Jesus, I am here, and you need to follow me, and this is an absolute. I was like, I've looked for cues, I've asked for signs. Right, it's like I've
1: done done
0: drugs. (laughs) (laughs) And so the last thing, they did one more prayer for me, and they're like, you know what, we wanna like, do this prayer just to introduce Jesus into your life, and and now we're you know building the bridge between you and Jesus. So from now on, after this prayer, if you look for a sign for Jesus or you start talking to Jesus, you're gonna develop this knowing, this truth that Jesus is with you. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. So they kind of did this little thing, like, and then it was like, okay, guys, I really gotta go now. Like I need to get this next crosswalk. You know, people are walking by. I'm like, I, I really have to go now because they would have talked to me
1: for hours. Yeah. <laughs> And I laughed and I was just like, I didn't know what to think of it. But Wait, man, you know what? Like is for, for recruiting, like that's a genius way to do it because it's so much of the placebo effect. Like what they just did to you is plant that seed of like, if you see any kind of random thing that happens, like if you're gullible enough, you'll you'll see it as a sign yeah. instead of just a weird coincidence. Yeah. You'll see that and be like, oh, like it must be the religious people that told me like when I see a sign next, exactly. that'll help me bridge a gap to Jesus. Exactly. But it's like that placebo is strong, man. Cause if yeah. they would have got you, um, like in, maybe instead of you, it was a little bit more of like a, a vulnerable person who's a little bit more lost. Who like you know? needed that. a little, yeah. A little yeah. less grounded. If three random people have you, cornered almost like telling you this and then like the next day something happens you'd be like oh I'm committed now Jesus just showed me a sign yeah but like you're probably like a little bit more grounded where you're like fucking maybe more skeptical too like yeah a little more skeptical like and you know here's it and I told them I said look I
0: believe in something but I believe in it because I have faith that there's something I don't believe in it because there's been a truth and something that's you know confirmed
1: that there's something. I just right. like have. To, I choose to have faith. Um, Did you ever see that video of the black Jamaican guy talking to this white guy who was interviewing him? And it was something along those lines because the guy was like, um, um, he's like, uh, "What color are you?" He's like, I'm, "I believe I'm white." He's like, "Do you believe it or do you know it?" He's like, "I know I'm white." He's like, you, "When you believe something, it's because you don't know it." So anyone who believes in a religion, it's because you don't know it. If you know something, you know it. Mm. Like he's like when you look at your skin color and it's it's white, you know it's white. So that's not a belief, that's a no. Mm-hmm. You know it. Yeah. It's like a lot of religious people like you don't know, you, you believe it. So that's admitting that you don't know it, mm. but you have to believe it. And he was like but it was like the, almost like this homeless looking guy just spitting this crazy like wisdom but even the white guy interviewing him he was like hold on a second he's like I have to like I almost want you to like play the video I wonder if if we could find it on here it's fascinating it went viral but what the guy said was just incredible and it was just some random guy spitting like this really like deep wisdom that I've never heard like that before yeah is it kind of short yeah it's a little bit short type in um um type in like uh, Jamaican uh, knowing verse belief. Something like that. Yeah, type in, like, yeah, Jamaican, like, know verse belief. Um, let's see here. Sorry, guys, I just wanted to pull this up. Oh, that looks like the guy. 48, oh, no, that's 48 hours of them. It's such a quick video.
0: I just typed in Jamaican knowing belief. I could put verse and see if that
1: makes a difference. Oh, yeah, shoot. Um, Jamaican. Yeah, maybe type in, like, um... Religion, or...? Yeah, I don't even know if... Maybe maybe the word Jamaican is throwing it off, (laughs) like, just black guy. Um, (laughs) I noticed you said... Yeah, that that guy right there. Okay. Oh, it's three minutes long. This is beautiful. Listen to this. Think I'm a white man. You think? Yeah. Do you believe? I believe I'm a white man. Don't you know that believe
0: is a doubt? how is belief a doubt eh how is belief because you cannot believe something and know it my poor brain wait hang on on. i cannot believe it and know it no and you can
1: only believe in what you don't know i like that you can only believe in what you don't know know. that's why you have to believe it yes
0: ah now do you believe in your mother and father no i know my mother and father So, but you might believe in Jesus. I might believe in Jesus. Because you don't know Jesus. I've never met and him. you can only believe in what you don't know. True. So, we, so we know that believe is a doubt. Believe. Now, do you know that you are a white man? If you know that you are white, explain to me how you know this.
1: Okay. Um, My mother is Portuguese and she's white. My father is Scottish with blonde and
0: blue eyes. And you reckon they are white? I reckon all right, not all right. they are All right, all right. Listen though. Listen to this
1: conversation. Go yeah, go if I get to Yeah. It keeps going on but it's pretty cool like Wisdom. He, yeah, he just says like belief is a doubt. It's so true. It makes perfect sense. But it's such like a counter thing. It's like belief and doubt yeah. like usually don't go hand in hand, but he's saying that they're the exa- that's they're like the same thing. Yeah. It's like if, if belief is a doubt. If you believe something, believe something, you're admitting that you you doubt it. It, it. automatically
0: means you don't know it. Right. And that was <laughs> the interesting thing about this conversation I had is I'm this close to the, and you know, these are like normal looking, like a normal looking woman established, whatever. And she's saying like, she knows she's like, like she, and I'm looking into her and thinking like, people are full of shit and we can convince ourselves things. And maybe she's not full of shit, but I'm just like fascinated that these people are so confident in something that you can't possibly know unless you've had some sort of a mystical experience that,
1: you know, people can't even compare to, but, and that's the crazy thing like that. Those are the people that, um, probably in their mind do know it, it's, it's less of a belief now and more of a no. It's like when somebody like a Aubrey Marcus does like a crazy ayahuasca ceremony and goes to some other place in his mind and has this experience, it's like that experience just like turns your belief into concrete and now, you know, mm-hmm. it's like in his mind, he knows something for him Mm -hmm. but yeah it's like almost no longer a belief anymore Mm -hmm. so it's like maybe they did have a crazy experience that in their mind it it, it, the belief became a no it's Mm -hmm. like they know now there's no more doubt yeah it's wild yeah, it is wild, man. It's really interesting. Yeah. Huh, that's an interesting it's a thing, hey, when you go downtown in any city nowadays, yeah. like you might just get approached by like some some crazy people. Yeah. Or not crazy. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're maybe we're the crazy ones.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I just have to be so honest with myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I, I can't lie to myself and it's so easy when you're looking for something to find that thing, you know, and I just like there's a lot of people who maybe are born again Christians where whatever, maybe they had an alcohol problem or they had some sort of of issue in their life and they're feeling like they're at a rock bottom, they turn on a TV and a religious commercial comes up about Jesus and that's their come to be moment where they're like, I'm at rock bottom and I turn on the TV and what are the chances? It's saying, you need Jesus, Jesus is here for you and that was my moment and that's great But at the same time, it's almost like, like you said, if you're in such a vulnerable moment where you're just looking for something to grab onto, I mean, that can just be a random event too. Like there's a lot of Jesus commercials. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't a calling to you. Maybe you just chose that, okay, this is now my path. And I don't want to say you're just trying to convince yourself that that was like a special moment, but Mm. I just have to be very honest with myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can see like the, the, you know, the pull towards that, because like I've said to a few people before, like, it's nice to have some kind of rock in your life. Exactly. Something that like, whether it's like a martial arts, a God, a. a I usually say not a person just because I remember what Corwin said. Like, don't ever put your total faith and trust in, in man. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll let you down. Whether yeah. it's a priest, a teacher, like, we're faulty, super faulty. Yeah, we all but have something. like, the character Jesus seems like he has no faults. Like he hangs out with anybody. He's like very open, just like no judging. He's not like materialistic. And so you can like hang on to this like invisible character that no matter how dark things get and how many like people leave your side or like abandon you, you have this like rock to like fall on. Mm-hmm. So it's like I could see the appeal for it, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I'm kind of like you too. Right? Sometimes I feel that when I go see like a physiotherapist or a massage therapist. I like, I'll have like aches and pains and then they'll, they'll do the work and they, how does it feel? And I'm like, I still feel wrecked. Like, but, but like, sometimes I think they think that it's just going to be like, whatever the thing is, is going to be gone. Yeah. And I'm like, I, it's like, it may maybe it helped, but like, I still feel like destroyed and I'm just, yeah. mean, it's going to take time, yeah. time to heal. And know? that's the thing. Like you got to be ballsy to go up to someone and be
0: like, Hey, you have like a jacked up strained neck. Give me five
1: seconds and I'm going to cure you yeah it's pretty crazy that guy that guy like i wonder if he did actually see something or if he just like was like this guy works out he's probably sore i'm just gonna fucking roll the dice you got a sore back exactly (laughs) because most people who exercise are
0: probably gonna be like yeah it is a little sore and like what are the chances that i would have turned my neck and be like oh my god the pain is gone how did you do that right and just drop to my knees and be like who are you? Yeah. Like, you got to be a ballsy guy That's, to do that. I mean, sales, but, man. But, but and like, again, like you said it too, placebo. Like, I think if he if you caught the right person who wanted it to believe, we all want to latch onto something and be like, this was a miracle. And I was in a, you know, miraculous uh, situation today. I had this experience. We all want to believe that, you know, if something happens to you, we would love to be like, it was a UFO or I, or I had an, you know, an alien experience, but there are a lot of other you know, causes that could have yeah. been the case. And.
1: and it's a numbers game. Like Brendan McNeil, when I was selling cars, he just was like, one of the first things he said to me was like, this is a numbers game. The more people you talk to, the more cars you sell. The less people you talk to, the less cars you sell. Go talk to everyone. Somebody enters our lot, you approach them. Just start talking. It's just a numbers game. You get better and better and better. So like those people, it's a numbers game. Yeah. Maybe you didn't work, but right after they would approach another person, maybe that worked. Maybe 10 failed, but one worked and they just like, again, numbers game. Exactly. More people you talk to, the more you're going to convert. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it's, and like, I, I really do appreciate that when somebody holds on to something, like you have those little wristbands, what would Jesus do? And, you know, maybe somebody did, you know, they're just struggling through life. It's hard for them to stay on the right track. If they can think, Hey, what is this, you know, this grounded thought? What would Jesus do? And it makes them make a better decision for themselves. Like that's, that's amazing. I, I truly like that, but yeah. you know, I, I just have to for be sure. honest that, Hey, I have faith. There's something I haven't had Jesus come and talk to me. No, it hasn't happened.
1: Me neither. So
0: that was my religious experience. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, <laughs>
1: that's cool. Um, so changing topics now we got, um, we got some guys about to fight again. Okay. You've been catching wind at all at, with this at all? I haven't. Let me guess. Dalen? Okay. Uh, he's, he's one of them that's potential. Okay. Nothing confirmed yet. Let's hear about it. So we got five guys from our gym that could possibly be fighting all in the same card in BC. And I'm stoked for it. As a coach, I'm like, this is going to be fun like sweet road trip we got a good solid crew of guys that are hopefully all gonna get confirmed fights lucas um so i'll list the five people we got uh derek luke lucas um chris cooper dalen and uh vlad vladdy the baddie vladimir uh what's his other vlad the impaler Impaler. (laughs) he's got so he's like pyramid where you just get so many nicknames man
0: i just We'll get right back to this. I seen right before Chris's last fight, like his kickboxing amateur fight he had a month ago. I seen, it was the week before the fight and Vlad and Chris were going and like, man, it was, you weren't there that day. Vlad was, it was a
1: scrap. Was it with a bunch of body shots? was was um, Vlad like hunting chris's liver i can't remember because they i've i watched i don't know i thought it was maybe that same one but yeah vlad was like attacking chris's liver <laughs> i think chris told me he's like i thought about dropping a knee one, the, at one moment yeah. but then he's like i just like shell but up I, and like he toughed it out yeah and i got just, out of there but
0: i just seen vlad putting it on him and i was like man this is so good for chris like before his fight to yeah. get in the fire but i was like man like so that's not fucking around right now. Like yeah. they're rolling and throwing yeah. and rolling and it yeah. was back and forth. And so, yeah, that, that's a, Vlad's
1: a gamer too, man. Yeah. Yeah. All five of those guys Sweet. I just listed are gamers. Love like, it. It? Yeah. It's one of those things yeah, where Day like, it goes after man. Yeah. And, and I think all five of those guys too, I've been thinking about this, like, Man, you can have the best coaches in the world, but it's not good enough. Like people need to take responsibility for their own progress mm-hmm. and learn yeah. on their own. Yeah. Like be super honest with your technique and like, you know, watch yourself in the mirror, film yourself more, watch YouTube videos, learn other techniques, try to trickle it into your sparring. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much that like really good competitors have to do outside of their coaching yeah you know i've just been watching there's one guy that I, i forget his name he's such a good coach though he's super energetic i think he's like a filipino dude i think he's filipino i don't know i always get those mixed up but he's like yeah that's what he said he's like when i'm hitting the bag and i'm throwing a jab He's like, I have to notice where my right hand is. If you don't even have that body awareness, like, and you're at a certain level, like you better get it quick Mm. because you're not always going to have coaches there to correct certain things that are going wrong. So he's like a mirror or filming yourself is such a good way to improve your game on your own. Again, you could have world-class coaches, but if you're not doing any of those things, someone by themselves in their garage, watching YouTube videos and filming will get better than you. Yeah. Because they're making their own corrections. Bob said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then, so all five of these guys, I just feel like they're super in it. Like they're, they're all just like, you know, again, all five of those guys are almost the types of guys where you almost have to like push them to take a day off. Exactly. Instead of like, Hey, where are you at? Where yeah. are you at? Like yeah. they're just constantly showing up. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun. When is that? Do you know? I think it's at the end of July. It's okay. like July 28th or something. Sick. July 26th. So yeah. Yeah. And they'd be, be fun.
0: driving up, take the take the bang It's amateur.
1: It's amateur. So like, I don't think they're going to pay for our travel okay. or anything. They said they might pay for some of the hotels for some of the fighters. Um, so I don't know. I know, um, Kurt said he might be thinking about flying. Um, I'd be down to drive and just make a road trip. Cause we could yeah. just do it in one shot. Just, yeah. we got enough guys to switch fan you know I think cam okay. yeah it's like Mamba fight league or something like okay. that um, Sick. so yeah that'll be fun man Sick. I'm excited for that It'll be, awesome. be good yeah. yeah get those guys uh, another scrap yeah um, have did you listen to the podcast with uh, Gillian Robertson yes so she she said something that was kind of cool and like just these guys you know getting ready for their fights and again not all of them are confirmed so we'll talk about that maybe once they get confirmed but um she said that she gets really nervous obviously like everyone before a fight and her husband will sometimes remind her you know sometimes we say like um you don't have to run you get to run like it's like a privilege to do that but he said it in a way where it was like a little bit different where he said like it's not necessarily that you you get to fight like your body's physically capable but it's the fact that you get to put on this performance. You get to have everyone looking at you for entertainment. All these lights on you. All this pressure. Mm-hmm. Like all the anxiety. Like He's like, you know how few people actually feel anything remotely close mm-hmm. to that? Yeah, 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 He's like, so many people live a life that there's never anything to that level of excitement. 100%. And he's like, you get to feel this. Yeah. Like you get to walk out like a modern day gladiator with all the lights and people cheering, people having drinks, getting turned up because you're there to entertain. Mm-hmm. Like you're there to go do your thing. And it's and it's she best. was like, I needed to like hear that reminder. And all of a sudden like it kind of fires you up. Yeah. So it's yeah. not necessarily that you get to do it because your body's capable, but it's mm-hmm. like, no, you get to feel this pressure, all these lights on you. Yeah. Like, then you think about people sitting in an office job nine to five and then they just go home and it's very like baseline which is whatever like that's yeah. you know not everyone's gonna want to feel that yeah. but you get to so go have fun
0: yeah there's levels to it hey like for example yesterday i did this thing it was uh like i did a seminar with this mortgage broker i know so natalia works with newcomers they have this organization and they put on this event where me and there's like i don't know 30 40 people there and they're all sitting there and we do this like powerpoint presentation on like um, first time home buyers in Canada, you know, the mortgage process, the working with the realtor, the whole process of how to buy your first home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's rows of people sitting there and it's just opposite at the front, like with a microphone and, oh, wow. and we're answering questions and doing I'll this. Speaking and shit. Yeah. So that was like, that's, that's something that's, you know, it takes nerves to do and you have to like practice and um, you know, all eyes are on you. And it's like a thing that, you know when it's done you're like oh like i did it but that's one level yeah doing that same thing but stripping off all your clothes and lacing up some gloves and fist fighting somebody that's a whole nother level
1: yeah and in a different way some <laughs> some people would rather put their tidy whities on and fist fight someone just like than this do you gillian they,
0: or gillian robertson you yeah know? she's like you know social interactions are the scariest thing for me but i'll fight anybody mm-hmm. in front of anybody
1: <laughs> yeah you do follow um You remember that girl that I did the public speaking thing with? Do you follow her? Um, I believe I do since you told me about her. So she has a separate page um, and it's called um, Deliver Your Best. Mm. She's literally a professional public speaking coach every day she posts like a little thing about public speaking, like little tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll tag you after this, but I bet you'd like her page. If yeah. you're doing more of that, yeah. it's like some of the shit she says where you're like, okay, you really understand this public speaking game. Like it's such good mm. little cues and good ways to think about when you're like public speaking. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you, you should have to follow her. She's good. And do
0: you know what it is like anything? If, if you're a fighter and you fight five times in a year, by that third, fourth fight – it's feeling normal. You've normalized this experience. And that's how I feel with this speaking. After I was done, I was like, okay, I'm fresh off of this. I know how I could make my next one better. Like there's a cut, trim the fat here, relax a little bit at the beginning. Uh, I got this. This is easy. My next one's going to be better. But then if you don't do another one for eight months, you kind of start right back over. Yeah. If you go golf once a year, You know, like, you're rusty until hole nine. Right. If you golf every weekend, like, it's just normal.
1: Yeah. I'll give you, like, even, like, taking a week off, like, when Aaron and I went to Dominican, like, with coaching, that one week off, Mm -hmm. you're just a little less, like, fluent with your words and how you coach. Just one week off. There's no secret, hey, it's like action is the answer. You just have to get your reps in. So it's nice to, like, I know, like, yeah, Derek recently fought, Chris recently fought, Lucas was in there the last time I fought. So it's like, it's all pretty fresh for those guys. Yeah. Dalen just had that, um, like, kickboxing tournament. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice that the the competitive side of it is still pretty fresh in all their minds. And now they're just getting right back in there. I love it. Yeah. I love when there's
0: that energy at the gym of people getting at it. It's sweet, man. And it's so funny, hey, like, again we've talked about this loss but just how we take things for granted it's like i just haven't been able i can i can kickbox, you know without sparring i can drill but i just can't like i tried rolling last monday and i wasn't willing to wrestle or like put my head in close or anything because of my neck and i just like was so compromised i just shouldn't even have been rolling i'm just right. like pulling guard and trying to like keep people away from my head um but, you know, when you're healthy, you don't think about that. You're just like, oh, I'm here training, working. But yeah, when, you, when you're when neck sore, you're like, fuck, I had it so good last week when my neck wasn't jacked
1: right. up. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, shit. What was I just going to say? Um, oh, yeah. Um, random thing that'll eventually lead to probably more martial art talk. Okay, because um, I have a martial art thing too. So. Okay. Um, so I posted something on my Instagram that I just, I didn't really think anything of it. It just like popped into my head and. I just like wrote out, um, like I wrote out my Thursday schedule. You know, six a.m. class, seven thirty, eight thirty, nine thirty, ten thirty. You know, just showing like, fuck, I got like clients. This is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I can fill my morning up. And then I just said, I, I remember like five years ago when I first started. I think I only had like, like maybe one private a week. Like, wow. I think I made like eleven grand that whole year. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like scraping by. Yeah. Um, and I just posted that, and then I said. It's crazy what you can create if you stay consistent with your path, and like that's kind of all I posted. And so Ethan Dole messaged me, and he's like, "Bro, I needed to hear this today." And then I I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, "Oh, glad it glad it helped." And then the next day, I'm thinking, I'm like, "Oh, he's." He's exactly where I was, but he's in his first year. Mm. So when he probably exactly. read that, he's like, holy shit, I needed to hear that because times I'm struggling right now. Like I, maybe he's not getting that many clientele. Like maybe he's like, fuck, where is everybody? Like I need to increase my income. And you can
0: tell he's putting himself out there. He's trying. Like he's like taking it seriously. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love watching. His, beginning.
1: his Instagram beginning. is so Good to watch because you can tell he's consistent with it. He's posting something every day, whether it's what he's eating, whether he's maybe on a rest day, but he's walking. Um, his like maybe a cheat meal or something, all his workouts. But I just I remember when I left the car dealership that he was at, um, I said hi to the guys. And then I left. I was in my car and then like I, I was about to leave or in my van. I was about to leave and he comes running up to the window. It's pouring outside. He's getting soaked. And so, and we talked for like 20 minutes and he's soaked and he told me how much he hated his job. And so I used to work at a car dealership and I would have those same conversations with other people. And here's this young Ethan just being like, man, like I need to get out of this. Like, I think he's just maybe looking for like some clarity or like a little bit of a guidance or something and i could tell how much he didn't like it and i could tell how much he wanted to get into personal training and obviously i just said like yeah you have to get out you have to just go all in funny because like thinking about it now you're both on the same path but you're just like a few years ahead of him that's how i viewed it yeah Yeah, especially now that it's like i'm all like connecting the dots now but i'm like yeah he's in his first year of where i was when i first started van life and teaching yeah but, man, he took the hardest step. I think sometimes when people have, like, this idea in their head, especially when it comes to, like, a career change, that's terrifying, man. Yeah. Like, everything in your world is going to change. Like, instead of him working, a, you know, a 9 to 5 or a 9 to 7 because you got to sell cars in the evening a lot and, like, drive to butt fuck nowhere. Yeah. Now it's like, I don't know, it's, it's just random. You create your own schedule. Like, when are you going to book your clients in? Mm-hmm. But the hardest step is, like, actually doing it. And so he did it, yeah. quit his job, you cut your safety net. And I know he had no money just like me when I started. Yeah. Like he had no savings account to like fall back on. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, once you do that, it's kind of nice cause you're like, this is it. Like It's exciting but scary too. Yeah, it's like either I make this work or I go get a job. Yeah, it's your swim. option. Yeah. yeah, like and I just I wasn't willing to get a job. And so I just was like, this is gonna work. Yeah, you gotta grind it up for that couple of years, yeah. right? And five years later, I'm just like, fuck, this is wild, yeah. man. Like I was Put telling you before the podcast, like people are starting to book like their whole month sessions with me and like book weeks in advance now. And yeah. before I'm like scrounging for clientele, yeah. Yeah. like trying to make something work. That's um, wild. But anyway, so back to the martial art thing. I find when things are going really well. It's almost like the opposite like I don't want to get complacent so I want to almost want to be like how can I increase my value and get better Mm -hmm. and so now my brains like what can I invest in myself to like get better so I can help better teach the students Mm -hmm. and just grow myself like I love to just learn and get better that Tulum Mexico so I've talked about them before the fighting ferals they're on Instagram I fucking love them This couple from Australia moved to Thailand, trained and lived there for like a decade. They had some problems with their gyms and their visa. So they went to Mexico, brought a Muay Thai gym there. And I think it's just called Tulu Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. So they basically brought Thailand to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like they're very traditional Thai fighters. And the woman actually just had a kid, I think 14 months ago. She just fought last night. So she had a kid 14 months ago. Like lost some of the weight from having the kid she's shredded again and she just scrapped some chicken one last night so they're like (laughs) fighters fighters yeah um so anyway i'm like i'm researching like airbnbs and shit and i'm like i'm going there i'm gonna go there for two weeks so, like, I don't know if it's it's either going to be at the end of this year or the very beginning of next year, January. Yeah. So, I'm already, like, starting to plan, like, my Airbnb. Same. They got some dope spots, too. But, yeah, Same. I'm going to go there and just learn. I'm like, this is my investment. Like, you would do, like, a, maybe a seminar or something. Yeah. I'm just going to go train under these guys and just try to absorb as much as I can of that traditional Muay Thai. Same. Some clinch. Even their pad work. When I watch them hold pads, man, it's a fucking thing of beauty. Really? And I know he gives, like... Um, Cause they have a bunch of hired professional fighters and pad holders there. Yeah. They work there twenty four seven. They just hold pads for guys coming in. Yeah. And they teach how to hold pads as well. So I'm hoping I can go there and like learn some of their ways, and then just bring it back here and just yeah. like my value just gets bumped up a little bit more. One hundred percent. You know. Would you be going alone or? Um. Erin said she'd be down to come. Just depending on how much yeah. notice I give her and yeah. and yeah. So yeah, I think so. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, I'm excited, man. Mm-hmm. Excited to just. Go th- I'm going to go to Thailand one day, but I'm like, I've just been a fan of these guys for yeah. so long. Yeah. It's a little closer, it's a little cheaper. Yeah. They all speak English, so I'd probably nice. learn and absorb more yeah. there. That's sweet. But yeah. That's I'm how I'm sad. feeling
0: with, with Brazil. I know it was supposed to be this year, it got pushed back because of
1: her PR
0: application thing, but. Mm. It's going to be so cool just to experience, you know, like training in a Brazilian gym like pretty regularly for That'd be a cool. While. So it's next year you're going now? Yeah, like this this winter, like okay. maybe
1: December, January kind of thing. It's nice to go in January, February. That's what I was thinking. like, Because I'm like looking at the Airbnbs and I'm like, I really wanted to do something this year, but I know Liam Harrison is <laughs> coming to Calgary this year and mm-hmm. I'm absolutely going to that. Yeah. Um, so then maybe that would be like my investment for this year. Cause I want to do one thing at least a year, once a year, yeah. just invest in myself, learn from a seminar, some other guy, go somewhere. Sick. Um, so I think next year I'm going to do the Mexico thing. Cause then it's like, if I could leave in January or February, you break up the really cold part. I don't want to leave in like October, yeah. November, even December is nice sometimes. Yeah. It's nice to really break that winter up appropriately. Yeah. When it's like minus 30 and shit, that's when I want to like get out of here. Yeah. hundred yeah.
0: Um, just because, yeah, we're on the martial arts topic. We're kind of all over the place, but podcast topic too. Did you listen to Boss Rutan on Rogan? Uh, a little bit of it. Okay. It's funny how you just, I don't know. There's two things I took from that. when I was just like, man, genius wisdom from Boss Rutan. And I think I've heard him talk about the one before, but um, one thing he mentioned was just really interesting. So you know how nowadays um, there's a lot of calf kicks and like you, you kind of like kick up. You don't like turn that leg over. He was just talking about, like, our shin here, you know? Ah, yeah, someone
1: just telling me this in class.
0: It's the long side here, and then it's, like, short there. And he says the ties don't kick like that. They turn their kicks over because it's, like, their their life. They depend on their health to fight for their family. So they don't risk snapping their leg in half. So they turn it over so they hit with the thin part of their shin right on the front. Whereas, you know, like, Tyron Spong, I think that's how he broke his leg. But these, like, up kind of calf kicks where you're just not turning it over as much like they're nasty kicks,
1: but your leg is so much more vulnerable. They described it as like a two by four. Exactly. Like a two, like the flat, the longer part of a two by four can snap. But if you flip it, the like the narrow way, like it's almost impossible to break. Exactly. And I was like, man, I've never thought of it like that, but it's so
0: true. Yeah. And you think of even, even the ones in the UFC, like Conor McGregor, the Chris Weidman, all of these, they kind of, they didn't have that Corey Hill. Yeah. He was another guy. Even Anderson might've done it like that. Um, they're not the tie style kicks where they really swing and turn it over. Right. They're that fast kind of upward direction kick. And, um, it's just like a bit of insight where you're like, I never thought of it like that, but just the way you throw your
1: kick. And that's one of those things where it's like, um, is the reward worth the risk yeah. because those kicks that you're talking about where people will throw and hit more of like the flat part of the two by four yeah. of your shit or your shin, like they're, they're quicker. They do hurt when they land. But what if it doesn't land? What if they check it with their shin? What if you break your leg? Like, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh man, like it's, it's a super high percentage strike. Like you land it a lot, hard to check, hard to see coming. Exactly. But the repercussions, if you do it improperly or somebody checks it yeah. could be you breaking your leg in half. And then the other thing, hundred percent. And that something
0: else I want to add on to that. But before I leave this boss topic, the other thing, this is the thing I've heard him talk about before, but again talk about levels he's like so many guys these days so many fighters don't do this and it drives me crazy but he's like aiming with your shots he's mm-hmm. like i'll find a logo on the side of their shorts and when i throw a low kick i'm hitting that logo every time he's like a lot of guys throw a kick just to hit the leg or they throw a punch just to hit the head right. not to hit the chin you know they throw a body shot but they don't throw a liver shot or right. a spleen shot
1: He's like, aiming is so important. We've talked about that with the belly pad challenge where we're doing like the Ryan Garcia challenge. Okay. Like, and sometimes when people are holding pads and they like say like Holland combo and they go three hands and they go to the liver, but they just go to the body. Exactly. But man, when I, me as a pad holder, like I hold pads all day long. When somebody doesn't hit my liver through the belly pad, I don't give a fuck about it. I don't feel anything. Yeah. You're hitting my hip bone. You're hitting my abs. Yeah. Fully protected. Yeah. If you hit the liver spot, now I'm like, okay, I could feel that through the belly pad. It's yeah. like I don't want to get hit by that. But 100%. the other ones, like literally three inches over, you don't do anything. Yeah. No damage. A lot of people are like that with body kicks
0: too. They just throw it somewhere between the armpit and the hip without like looking or without, you know, consciously planning where they're they're aiming. Yeah. But you think think about it too. Like let's say you're wearing normal shorts and you have a little circle, a bang Muay Thai logo right on your leg. If you hit that same logo three times, you're going to be fucking feeling it. Yeah. But if you just hit, you know, two inches above the knee
1: and then the next one is just below the hip, next one's middle of the thigh. Yeah. You didn't really do anything. Exactly. You have to start fresh every time. Yeah. It's like you're having to like... Like yeah, you make an an indent or a bruise on the leg, and then you yeah. start fresh in another spot that's yeah. not damaged. Yeah. Like Cody Jerome was hitting the exact same spot over and over again. Really? Yeah. With the body or no? With my legs. Ah, Remember he's throwing all those yeah, low yeah, kicks. Because yeah, yeah. the first five, like I didn't feel shit, and it was like the fifth or sixth one or something. I'm like, oh Christ! Yeah. It's all I can think about now. Yeah. Like the bruise was so deep to the bone that I'm like, man, I can't even like think right now. Man, it's, it's crazy. You, you hear about that. You hear people are fighting, and it's like leg
0: kicks. It's like, whatever, whatever. And then that fourth leg kick lands, and they're like, okay, this is a serious problem. Yeah. If I get hit once more, I might not be able to continue. Yeah, it low, just happens like that.
1: What did the one guy say? It's like, low kicks don't do shit until it's too late. <laughs> Yeah. Like everyone just kind of like is like dismisses the low kicks where so it's like whatever, they kind of laugh it off. Yeah. And then like deep into the round when it keeps happening, now you just see them switching stances. They're, they've got their lead leg bouncing in the air just waiting to check. You can see in their face, oh their yeah facial expression. Yeah, man. It's one of the worst ways to lose a fight because yeah. you feel every bit of it. Yeah. You
0: know? On this conversation, I don't know if you've seen on Netflix, there's the four part series Conor McGregor documentary. That I haven't just came seen out. it yet, but I, be, I heard it's really good. It's really good. It's really cool because we've all seen, you know, hours of Conor McGregor content, but a lot of this stuff is, like, it hasn't been put out before. Sweet. And so, you know how he broke his leg in the last Dustin Poirier fight? Yeah. It's showing him in camp, um, like, whatever. I I saw that part, yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, he has a serious issue from kicking, and he has to, like, cover up, like, he might have a, I can't remember, I don't think it's a hairline fracture, it's just a deep bruise, but the doctor's like, look, like, if you don't protect this in your training leading up to this fight. It's like, going to be a serious problem. Wow. And so he's not throwing kicks and eventually he's patting the shit out of his leg and starting to throw kicks again. But you could see like the whole fight camp, it was like his leg was vulnerable and then he goes and fights and that happened. Snaps you know? his leg. Fuck. It's and, crazy, man. Yeah. But like that, I don't have to watch that. You can see in that, in that documentary, like Connor is a gangster. He's a fighter. Like yeah. the, the, just like anybody like you, you know, the adversity the, these guys go through in fights and, They're just not looking for a way out. They're
1: like, the show must go on. I must fight. Like, Connor's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fighter's fighter, man. Like, people, like, it's incredible what he's done. And I think sometimes because of his stardom, people forget, like, who he is and what he's done. Like, I don't know. People just think maybe, oh, he's he's all coked out, drinking, partying. Like, yeah, sure. But he's still a fighter. Like, don't get it twisted. He's still a fighter, man. Like, he's still a savage. He's done what nobody in the UFC has ever been able yeah. to do and he's still hungry because it drives him crazy
0: that like he wants consistency in his record yes. he wants to be on a streak and it drives him crazy of the, the, the you know his last few affairs their results yeah. but um wow. I'll tell you what when you have over 600 million dollars as a net worth and you're still looking to get in there and you know tape the hands up you're a fucking fighter
1: yeah that's wild that's yeah, crazy did you happen to see air no it's like i think it's on no it's on amazon prime maybe on netflix too i don't even know but we have amazon prime uh yeah it's just called air for air jordan okay no i didn't see that pretty good man yeah, yeah like if you're in so i i I grew up like obsessed with Michael Jordan and Space Jam. Yeah. Like, like I've have said it before, wallpaper, <laughs> bed sheets, Space course, Jam, everything yeah. Space Jam. I fucking loved Michael Jordan and that movie, yeah. and just basketball in general. I was always a big basketball guy. Yeah. So when I saw this air, I'm like, oh, sweet! Like I'm gonna check this out, and it's basically, it's not even really about Michael Jordan, which is kind of cool because michael jordan in the in the movie doesn't even talk he doesn't even has to have his face shown like the actor playing him okay it's more about the air jordans and the company and nike and how michael jordan literally made nike and air jordan like blow up Mm -hmm. i didn't know this but before um before michael jordan stepped in at his first pair of air jordans Nike was like the laughing stock of the NBA. It was like a lame ass shoe to have. Hmm. It'd almost be like um, what's like like the, a Skechers or something? Yeah, yeah, like some bullshit shoe that like players were literally like mocking it's it. Lame, like yeah. yeah, it's lame. I don't want to do this. Like it was it was Converse and Adidas. Uh, like Converse is still is really big in the NBA, but Adidas can suck it. Like yeah. I feel like they're more like maybe soccer now. I don't know if I don't know where Adidas holds like a lot of their stock, but. Anyway, Nike was like a, a marathon running shoe. It was like a runner shoe. Yeah. Like they were really big there, but they were trying to get their feet into the NBA game. And this this guy in the movie who uh, Matt Damon is it Matt Damon plays Matt Damon Matt Damon.
0: No, am I thinking of Matt? That's from the
1: Born Supremacy. That dude. Yeah, I'm just there's the, him and one other guy. I always get confused, that I'm having a fucking mental breakdown right now thinking of if it's Matt Damon. Anyway, he's he's kind of the recruiter. Yeah. In the, in the show. And he, his job is to find these young, like this, this talent so that they can like, uh, sponsor them and like have these young athletes wear their shoes. And they just kind of roll the dice, hoping that they're like, they turn into stars one day and like blow up the shoe. And so he'll watch footage of their college games. And so I don't know how much of this movie was based on a true story, but as far as I know, it was based on a true story. And I think this is how they kind (laughs) of found Michael Jordan. Um, this guy's watching a, a really important like college game, uh, and Michael Jordan's playing, but he's not the star player. He's like kind of like the the B side. Like no one really cares that much about Michael Jordan. It's this one other guy that everyone's like obsessing over. Yeah. But during like one of the toughest plays, it's like seconds left of the game. It's like a tie game, and they 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 need someone to score a point, and the the main guy that everyone's like obsessed with and all these recruiters are scouting for this guy, everyone's guarding him like he's not open. Yeah. And this guy that's recruiting trying to find like a special player to step into the Jordans, he sees what's happening cuz he's got he just loves the game and he's like he realized that the entire play wasn't even for the star player. That was a smoke screen it was like a smoke screen for their actual star player. Cause you see this young Michael Jordan at 18 years old calling for the ball. Like he wants the heat, he wants the ball, he wants the pressure. In the biggest game of his life, he's like, give me the ball, like give me the ball. He's like, you know how fucking rare it is to have an 18 year old freshman in in the biggest college game of his life demanding the ball. Like, hey, I'm open, give me the ball. And so he's looking at this and he's like, that's our guy. He's like, I don't give a fuck about like this courage, other guy, you know. And so, like the in the movie, Phil Knight's in it. Oh, <laughs> Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight, and then yeah, okay. Matt Damon's the recruiter. Um, Interesting, that'd be good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's good. Um, you got to pay attention to it though. It's like a bit slower because like, it's like a deep storyline yeah. with it. But yeah, they had like, um, you know, a budget of like $250,000 that was supposed to be spread out to like three different players. But then this Matt Damon was like, no, give it all to this kid. Otherwise, we're not going to get him. Adidas is going to scoop him up. And so yeah, like long story short, they end up like, yeah, getting Michael Jordan. And right before the deal, apparently like Michael Jordan's mom was like, the person to talk to not the dad the dad is just like super chill casual about everything but the mom like knew Michael was special Mm -hmm. and she knew he was gonna be like the fucking greatest of all time yeah and so right before the deal she was like hey look I'm gonna we'll sign with you Nike but here's the thing Michael Jordan gets a piece of every shoe that's sold and at the time that's never been done and so, like he's yeah. like, oh, the deal's off then. Like we can't do that. It's there's like stock shares. It's not gonna work. Or well, she's like, well, then you don't get Michael. Like I don't, I don't care. Yeah. What <laughs> legalities you have to fucking figure it out. Yeah. Like it's basically what she said. Yeah. It's like either no or yes. Yeah. Exactly. But here's my. Stance. That's our terms. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because how they got Michael Jordan was like a lot of companies were like, oh, here's here's this Adidas shoe that your your talented son's gonna step into, yeah. but. The way that Nike stood out was they literally took like Air Jordan and made him his own shoe, and it's like this isn't a Nike shoe, this is an Air Jordan shoe, yeah. and I think that's what got him being like, oh, okay, like this mm. is different. But then the mom was like, okay, I like that, but if you're gonna put my son's name on a shoe, mm. you give him a piece of it. Yeah, and so they said yes. Wow, and it made Michael Jordan billions of dollars. He's Can like, you a think fucking- about that negotiating. Like that, that was it. Dude, that, that, and that changed the game for a bunch of young athletes because like before then it was never done. It was, it was these freak athletes getting taken advantage of because these, these big corporations would use their name and likely like likeness or whatever the word is Mm -hmm. and uh, make a shitload of money. But you only get your one year salary. Like we're going to pay you 250 this year. Instead you get a piece of the pie of the shoe sales. Now you're a billionaire. Like, Michael Jordan's a billionaire. He's the... Well, on the Conor McGregor documentary, He,
0: he's, Conor was on the Forbes list one year. He made, like, I don't know, $180 million one year. He was, like, number 30th on the Forbes list for uh, the highest-paid athletes of all time and Michael Jordan's number one.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it's because his mom was a gangster and she yeah. knew how to
0: negotiate. Man, think about how many rappers, musicians, artists have money left on the table because of a lack of negotiation. Because, yeah. think, the, a lot of these you know, sports athletes, musicians, they come up, they come from nothing and they have this talent and somebody's like, look, here's 250 grand. You could sign with us. They're like, it's a quarter million dollars. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, where do I sign? Yeah. But it's like, no, you idiot. They sign these, I think they're called like 360 deals. Um, it's like what most musicians and artists have. And you know, again, yeah, you're signed to this person. You have all these things you have to do. Right. And if you would have stayed independent or had somebody to negotiate on your behalf or done it your way and kept, you know, what's yours, like, countless millions. Yeah. Countless, countless millions. But yeah.
1: people just don't know any better. And and I think, like... Um, like, in the movie, it just shows the power of, like, going back to, like, belief or maybe even knowing. Maybe his mom knew. It wasn't a belief. She had no doubt. She just knew. Mm. But she, um, because the guy said, like, no at first, like, they were, like, literally absolutely no. Like, that's legally not even possible. We can't fuck up the the stock trading just to give your son, like, like a deal. And she said, um, she's like, yeah, okay, we'll just say no then and we the deal's off. But she's like... I know and she's like I think you know because you saw in the film that Michael's special he's gonna be different and you know it and she she was so confident in her son because she just probably knew like watching him and like how hard he worked and I don't know she just had a sense that like my son's gonna be great so like don't sign sign whatever makes no difference to me but I know the value and the worth of Michael Jordan and yeah it's like just crazy when you like think like during those initial stages of like greatness Mm -hmm. because they were even throwing names of like um like john stockman was in the movie when he was a nobody just some college kid Mm -hmm. and he turns out to be like one of the greats Mm -hmm. um there's a bunch of other these like huge names that i grew up watching where i'm like man it's so crazy that like these these managers and these people are trying to make deals and they're just they're just rolling the dice and it's a bit of a gamble of like ah maybe Patrick Ewing will be good maybe he won't he turns yeah. out to be a fucking monster right. you know and like, think about how many people got left on the table that could have been like the next yeah, whatever you know it's crazy man Tim Duncan
0: yeah it's yeah. it's um yeah the crazy thing about it is like I watched this little d- d- quick short film on Dustin Poirier like a documentary and you know, he was just a troubled kid who who is um, getting into fights and he, he's just, he always had a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. And like, he was just, I don't know, his mom, the same thing, his mom yeah. knew it. And I, again, back to the whole belief in knowing, I don't know which one it is, but when he finally, when Dustin Poirier finally got signed to the UFC, his mom, like she's being interviewed and she's like, like, I just know, I just knew this is what he needed. Like mm-hmm. Dustin has always been trying to like climb to the top of something to like, throw his hands in the air and like he just had this like dog in him and this chip on his shoulder and like once he got signed i was like this like this is what he's destined to do you know and his mother of all people she just knew like this is what he was born for right and it's just crazy it's like your mother knows you know like michael jordan's mother knew moms are connected in a weird
1: way yeah like it's like i don't know if it's just like the the, you know it's like they're you get born inside of them yeah it's like i wonder if there's just some kind of weird because you hear that a lot, where moms are just dialed into their kids sometimes. Well, it makes like, sense, man. Like, yeah. if we lived inside of them for nine months, fucking
0: crazy, there's some man.
1: internal connection there. And sometimes it's not even like... like so I was thinking about this, too. Like, just with my... Like, I, I think I asked my mom the other day. I'm like, what was What was I so obsessed with when I was young? Like, was it football? She's like, yeah. Like, you always had a football in your hand. You always mm-hmm. talk about being, like, a football player. And, and then, like, as I, like grew older and older and tried different sports, it became less about like, I need to be a football player. I need to be a soccer player, a basketball player. I was like, I just need to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. I need to create my life around athletics. Yeah. And all of a sudden martial arts found its way. And I was just like, okay, like th- maybe this is the thing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, I. it's not like I fucking pinpointed one particular thing. I just was like, I just want to be an athlete and I want to base my life around athletics. Yeah. And I am now. And yeah. so I'm like, fuck yeah. Some people, yeah. maybe it's computers. Like it might not be the exact thing that you fucking thought you were going to do, but as long as it's computers, like you're probably going to live a pretty good life. Yeah. So sometimes it's not like this very like pinpointed thing. It could just be like a general sense in that general direction. Like if you like talking to people and you want to get into sales, maybe it's not this type of sales, but it's that type of sales, still sales. Yeah. To me, that's a success. It's not always going to be exactly what you thought it was. Well, that's how it was for
0: me. I got into sales. I realized like, Hey, there's certain aspects of this that... I love, and it feels so natural, but it just feels too pushy. Like I'm selling print advertising to businesses, going and approaching managers. Hey, here's why you should advertise with me. It's like, something's not right about this. And then when I got into real estate, I was like, when I had that like epiphany, I was like, this is it, right? This is the sales aspect that I love about what I did, but I'm helping people through the process of buying and selling homes. Right. And I was like, I found my lane. This is it, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I listened to this podcast recently on Ed Milet, which is the podcast talkers. But this it was the same thing. This guy was talking about or no Ed was talking about. He's like a friend of mine. He was, um, you know, worked whatever normal jobs. He hasn't found his vocation yet, and he was 35, and he just had this moment where he's like, "What the fuck do I want to do with my life?" And he's like, "What? What is a kid like? Ignited me. What? Like what?" What stood out? You know, what were my qualities as a kid? And he's like, I've always just loved to argue, get into arguments, and I've always loved to help people, like people that were getting bullied, like stick up for people. He's like, I need to be a lawyer. And this guy at 35 years old took his law course, passed the bar, and now he's like, just found his vocation. He's a lawyer, he loves it. He's like, Sixty years old now, and he's just been doing it for a couple of decades. And it's like he just realized as a kid, I was a
1: natural arguer, and I loved helping the small guy. Yeah, it's interesting when you tap into that childhood shit, just seeing like what you naturally were compelled to do, because that a lot of the times that could be a sign of like maybe the direction you should go in. Yeah, you know, not always, but yeah, for me, that's all I cared about was
0: athletics and video games. Back to what you said there, too, man. There's something about that, like you know, yes, you know, MMA fighting per se, kickboxing, like. These are probably the hardest sports you can could, you could do. But talk about, you know, we talk about how Connor eats pressure, you know, puts all this pressure on himself, eats it. There's something about being in, like, you know, game seven of a basketball game with the clock ticking down and cool. you get the
1: ball passed to you, Ugh. where that's, like, all the pressure. Yeah. Like, taking that shot. Oh, dude. Like, think about... The, that's why Michael like, Jordan was so great, man. Yeah. He was, he was always the guy.
0: Think always like the a, ball Like guy. a Steph Curry, you know? Yeah. It's like... The courage to be like, give me the ball. There's two seconds left. I want to fucking tie the knot on this game for us. Yeah.
1: And then to take the ball and to do it, that's like, man, that's pressure 101. And to miss, like Michael Jordan said, he's like, I've missed way more of those shots than I've made. Yeah. But I've made them because I've missed them. Wayne Uh, Gretzky.
0: You yeah. miss 90, 100% of the shots you don't
1: take. Right. Yeah. 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 And Michael Jordan actually has a really dope quote along those lines too. But um, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, it. that's why that guy in the movie saw him as like a star player yeah. because he's like, there's no fucking way that 18 year old kid has the courage to want the ball. The when confidence. Like, yeah. Just the confidence, the swagger. Yeah. You could see how loose he was. Yeah. And in the in the video, I think it's actually real footage. I think. Um, but the jump shot is like perfect. Mm -hmm. And you in the, in the movie, Matt Damon is just like in awe of like the perfection of like this calm, cool (laughs) kid with swagger at 18 and just, he just elevated like sky high. There's like three guys jumping at the ball and he just releases it like perfectly and it just swooshes. And he's like, that's our guy without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's
0: that's something else like to, um, yeah, just be with, like that, talk about, you know, trying to recruit somebody, like that's a characteristic, it's like yeah. this guy that wants to be the one to perform under the pressure, Yeah, performing under pressure, man, and think when you let that ball slide off your fingers, how loose and natural you need to be in the in intensity the of the moment, Right. and it's just like when Connor fought Aldo, Right. that year of, you know, global build up, yeah. to be like loose, bouncing back and forth, and to like snap your punches, not like right. throw bricks and be like tense. To keep that cool under the pressure is is that something special? Yeah, it really is, man. Yeah, well, should we wrap this shit up. Wrap it up. One twelve. One one two.
1: Thanks for listening. <laughs>